got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Wash up, and welcome back to another episode of No Silly's Podcast with your host. Now, fuck that with your low, Glasses Malone. Uh, I did a podcast uh, about a week or two ago with one of my partners, Concrete. Concrete is this super funny uh, Mexican comedian, really funny. And he, he produces, he has a podcast studio, and he produces a sports podcast. Um, the name of the podcast. I sent you some of the stuff. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. The name <laughs> of that podcast. Hold on. I'm going to tell you is Take Shot Sports. And well, uh, you lived up to the name. First off, this is No Simmons, GL, Glasses Low, In the Spot, my man PBP, the boss. As usual, we doing what we do up in this thing. So on this take shot sports, right? Um, I was doing a podcast and they were asking me about the WNBA. And it's like, man, gee, what do you think about just, the w- just, just for the audience, what is the WNBA? The WNBA is the Women's National Basketball Association. Interesting. Yes, go on. So, <laughs> so they were asking me 
what did I think was wrong with the WNBA? And I was like, uh, women don't support women in sports. Like they don't support women in sports. They do the worst job of supporting each other in real life, let alone in sports, right? And um, it, it became this long conversation. And then I was like, it's like, what would it take to, to, um, to get the WNBA to pop? I said, you would need LeBron James to become a trans athlete and go over and become LeBron or James and play in the WNBA. It could be when he retires or whatever, but that's how you make it pop. You need a professional NBA player that somebody celebrated or just somebody who really people revere in, in basketball and male basketball to go over. And long story short, somebody, one of my homegirls see the podcast and she's like, oh, gee, man, you know, you don't have enough respect for female athletes. And I just start thinking about it like males watch the NBA. That's who drives the NBA, men. Correct. Men watch men play basketball because we care about what gifted athletes of, of you know, the male species can do. So we, we are intrigued by it. it. It creates camaraderie. It creates a level of conflict at times. You know, it creates more excitement to this thing we call life. Mm-hmm. Why are women not, why do women, why aren't women, you know, more intrigued with women's sports? Because women aren't into sports by and large anyway. So regardless of who's playing, if you aren't into sports, it's not going to make much of a difference. Um, unfortunately, I think maybe two of the the two biggest gaps in the genders for viewership and audience stuff in sports is like the NBA and probably boxing. You know, you're not going to get a women's boxing match. It's going to do numbers like what Fury Joshua fight before it got nixed and he lost was going to potentially do, you know. I don't think it's and it's a big it's a huge woman's fight coming like in the next 60 days. Uh Clarissa Shields, who's probably the best female boxer in the history of boxing. She's a mm-hmm. two-time gold medalist. She's out of Flint, Michigan, super dope sister, two-time yeah. gold medalist, three or four weight divisions, undisputed in two. Like shit that has never happened in boxing. Ever yeah. she's accomplished in less than 20 fights, right? And she's fighting the only person to beat her in the amateurs. Uh, a lady who's a champion, I think at 160 or 168 named Savannah Marshall. It's a white lady and it's a black lady. It's the exact same plot as the great white hype or the only fight that whichever Waynes it was that was playing the oh, champion yeah, had right. lost was to the white guy back when he was an amateur. Amateur. <laughs> You know, it is. <laughs> but you the same. would think they would do such a better job of marketing it. And, and maybe they are because the fight is, you know, in England. You know, it's overseas because Savannah Marshall. Half a billion. Overseas. This is not. It's not touching a half a billion. It's not touching a tenth of a half a billion. Well, I mean, it may sell out though, too. The, the, the arena over there. Maybe. Okay. They're making some progress. That's the point I'm making. For sure, for sure. You know what I mean? And and I am intrigued. Like, I'm going to watch that fight because, again, you're right, it is the same plight as the great white height, where it's like, 
oh, this is the only person who beat her. And this lady, this this white Savannah Marshall is a puncher. Like she's not like Clarissa Shields is she she's a good professional, but her style, she's a little slappy and amateurish at times. I mean, not not forgive mm. me, that's wrong because she's like literally the greatest boxer ever, but she doesn't it's not always a fight. She's not a finisher, she's a point fighter. Really good though. I mean, and she tries to punch yeah, yeah. with intentions, but Savannah Marshall got stops. And again, we could talk about the quality of opposition she is as a pro, but I'm interested in the fight. But I think these are the moments, right, where you have the right type of fights, yet they aren't being marketed. You know, they, they excuse me, they aren't being marketed as great as they could. Like this is a black lady from America and a white lady from England. This has the makings to be a brilliantly, you know, big fight for women's boxing. But I just I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, like you're not. Where is the magic happening? You know, create the magic around it. Yeah. I mean, this is the NBA pretty much created their whole status right now off of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Yeah, yeah. It's in the 80s, that rivalry. People, I think between college basketball and, and the NBA and stuff, by the end of the 70s, were familiar with basketball. People are familiar with boxing for sure, but they're not particularly familiar with women's boxing. It's difficult to market an introduction campaign. Mm. Yeah, but they they still it's still a fight. Yeah, like how is but, UFC? How is UFC able to you know market? Uh, what's the lady name who got all that credit? But oh, Rousey, Ronda Rousey. I think that was in part. She rode the wave of the ascent of the UFC. The UFC doesn't have like we talked about this a while ago, where you, in pro boxing, so many f- of the main big prime super fights happen past prime, because the longer that a person's a star, the greater the gravity of their stardom is. So you don't lose value kicking a fight down the road because the two people only become more familiar to more and more people. Sure. The UFC, it's almost like, I mean, shit, in my lifetime, the UFC has got like just cycled through superstars almost on like a year, year and a half basis. Other than that Irish guy who kind of takes time off and comes back, you know, like Chuck Liddell was the greatest thing for like a year. Then another guy was the greatest thing for like a year. You know, they don't have these five, six, seven year long windows where they're a superstar. The actual association itself is the star. Yeah, people are more fans of the teams in, in football, you know, and I think in UFC, people just became a fan of the UFC and whoever was on, that was good enough for them. So you think Ronda Rousey really was just within the shuffle of them selecting somebody new to get behind for a small period of time? Yeah, I think that there was a lot of novelty to the UFC in its growth, which is kind of what made it popular. And then there was novelty within novelty. I, I think like right now, if if Ronda Rousey, say two three years ago, if a if Ronda Rousey happened to, in a novel fashion, come onto the scene in that in that regard after the UFC was really established, people were really used to it, and people were really fans and stuff like that. Not just like wow, these people are beating the shit out of each other and not really knowing much about it. I don't think she would have gotten much traction. Yeah, but isn't Amanda Nunez doing really well there now? I don't think she's doing 
Ronda Rousey popularity. You know, Ronda Rousey is definitely, you know, an anomaly. You know, outside yeah. of the, which is weird because Venus and Serena, I think tennis is more of a sport that people pay respect to women in. Mm-hmm. I think historically, now I don't quote me if you're listening to this, but I'm just going off a small recollection. I have no experience at this. I've never looked it up. But growing up, I always remember female tennis players hearing names. It wasn't just ever about Arthur Ashe or, you know, Andre Agassi or McEnroe. I will hear the women's names coming up in that oh, yeah. particular sport. You know, 100%. Steffi Graf. It, it, what, Graf is a tennis player, right? Steffi Graf, Martina Navratilova, Chris Everett, yeah. Billy Jean King, all the way back. I mean, that's why I was saying boxing and basketball have the two greatest gaps. Whereas for, for people who are track and field people, there's no one who's like a men's track and field fan only. People like men's and women's track. People like men's and yeah. women's volleyball, typically. People like men's and women's tennis for sure. And even swimming to the seasonal Olympic whatever, people aren't like, I only want to watch That's the true. men's freestyle. They want to watch both. It's Jackie just basketball Joyner, and Jackie boxing. Joyner, Jackie joining Kersey in, in track. Yeah, Flojo. Uh, the you know all the the Jamaicans are crushing. Actually, there's it, tons. Is it Flojo or Jackie is from what? Flojo. She went to Jordan. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but, so you're saying it's the sport itself that's holding women back in that particular sport? I think so, that. So, so we've we've eliminated simply why women aren't into you know WNBA. Why aren't the same men that, you know, just like men watch tennis, you know, because I agree, men watch both, right? They, they'll mm-hmm. watch Serena and Venus kick ass like they'll watch McEnroe or one of those kick ass. It just came to me. Here's the reason. The W, or I'm sorry, the UFC had Ronda Rousey and Chuck, or was it Lesnar? Like the, the, the WWF guy? Yeah. Or whoever the star du jour on the men's side fighting the same day you saw them both the wnba is sort of like the usfl they fight in another time of the season so you have to be only a wnba fan to be a wnba fan because they don't play at the same time same day same whatever as the nba for the most part, whereas in basketball or and, and and the events are shorter, like it would be a lot to ask to sit down and watch like two games. The, yeah, like the, the the final four of the NCAA. We're gonna watch two games of men's and then two games of that's a lot. But for those other sports, tennis is complementary because for tournament type settings, they're happening at the same time, so you can get Federer at two o'clock, you can get Serena at four o'clock. It all kind of works. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it, quite honestly, people aren't going to like this. The U, the UFC is a little bit of a, it's a different, I think, viewership, but it's an exception. But boxing and basketball don't showcase the women as men want to see them the way tennis and track and volleyball do. You know what? It does very appeal frank. to their sex. I agree. There is a bit of sexiness to so when you see Serena and them playing tennis, they do have shorter skirts. The things they that tiny skirts, they, they 
they rocking back and forth, waiting for the serve to come through. Yeah, Girls are tiny it. little things getting in the blocks, and then they go to set, and then you're running yeah. around, booties bouncing all over the place. It's a different scene than basketball. Sure, and women wrestling is always hot. They grab it's, each it's, other. They've marketed the cat fight. And it's a fight. It's still a fight. It ain't, it ain't, even, even when it ain't, you know, a bull popping out, it's still a fight. Yeah. Still two more punching each other. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So what would it take? So you, so yeah, you, so you can't do the same day, right? Cause you're not going to ask somebody to watch four hours of hoops. Right. Mm-hmm. Or what if they broadcast right before a, a men's game? That's not going to work because they're That's not going to show possible. Because you could at least watch the fourth quarter of one going into the other. The same way like the time slot thing helped Friends being right before Seinfeld type shit. But I think the reality is you got to put the WNBA players in the volleyball track outfits. It's the best chance they got. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear it, but that's, that's the, truth, the best chance they got. I mean, whatever the fuck you want to hear, I'm just telling the truth. So the shorts aren't tight enough. They're not tight enough. They're not short enough. And the tops is too baggy. Okay. Is this chauvinistic? Absolutely. Is it realistic? Absolutely. So you have to cater to why men watch women. Yeah, because like, women you know aren't going to watch women. With that. I'm not going to argue with that. Because when you look at the, the best female basketball player in the WNBA, their skills are not as great as the best. Their athleticism. Not even close. Their athleticism. They may be as skilled, but their athleticism. We do watch the NBA a lot because of athleticism. It it is a bunch of supermans. Absolutely. There's, There's a mystique to male viewership to watching some guy that can do something that you just fucking can't do. I don't think a lot of people watch the WNBA and go, wow, I just fucking can't do that. Sure. You know, I, I think even in reality, a lot of people could watch. Well, shit, Shelly Ann Frazier Price ran a 10-6. You know how many people can run a 10-6 men-wise? Not a lot. In in the world of track, there's a lot. But in the world of regular people, it's not a lot. You know how many people can do a layup? That's facts. So, so that's also why. Um, what's the lady name? Um, the the track, the sister that runs track, Shakari Richardson. She mm-hmm. is fast compared to the average human being. She fucking blistered. Yeah. So even if she's not faster than all the women or all the men, she's still a ridiculously fast human being. Yeah. You, at this point in my she, life, I couldn't train to catch her. I don't think. Okay, I feel you. 20 years, 18 years ago, yeah, if I made it my primary event and wanted to be a shitty 100-meter man, I could catch her. But why why did you just throw 100 meters like that? Huh? You don't really have respect for the 100 meters? No, I would love to do the 100 meters. But I could have, um, like my ranking in other events that I were, were my primary events, I could be better than. If I was to be in the 100, I could run as fast as she could probably run. But I'm like so Every insignificant. I destroy you. Oh fuck! Okay. Fuck. What did you use yeah. to run the track? Four hundred hurdles and the four hundred and shit like that. Yo, that hurdle shit is crazy. Who was the best four hundred hurdle hurdle runner of all time? 
you would never believe it if I told you this story. It's, it, it's, it's so funny you asked. For, since 1992, it was a guy who went to UCLA named Kevin Young. He ran 46.7, and nobody could touch it, which is 46, weird because – 46 seconds? 46 seconds for 400 meters with hurdles. So a whole lap. A whole lap with 10 hurdles in 46.7 seconds. seconds. Absolutely. Hurdling. And hurdling. Holy shit. And Olympic gold medalists came and went, and there was like a 20-year gap damn near where nobody even got under 47 flat. And then two years ago, three guys did it. Four guys did it, actually, in the last two years. And one guy last year, because they had the Olympics delayed, this crazy fucking lunatic-looking white guy from Norway went 45-9. It was was the most amazing thing I had ever seen. So he is now the reigning world record holder in the 400-meter hurdles, and he's just like an adrenaline maniac. Never seen anything like him. Mm, 45-9. Damn, that's a quarter of a mile too, huh? Yeah, yeah. 45-9. Hurdling? Yeah, forty five nine in an open. Oh yeah, that's different. Is 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 well no, it's it's pretty good. Like it's I can't run it at forty I mean I can't run, but it's forty five seconds. I, I couldn't run forty five nine when that was my primary event. What was what's the fastest in the in the open forty five? I mean in the open four hundred forty three oh three. Forty three oh three. A guy so from South America. Seconds. Yeah, oh, closer to three, but yeah, like 2.9. And who was the fastest woman to run a 400 hurdles? Women, the, the world record was just set again. This, this girl who's uh, American has broken her own world record seemingly every time she's walked outdoors for the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> and she's an unbelievable talent named Sydney McLaughlin, and she runs like 50 point five or six i think was the world record but the women's hurdles are also shorter so there's that to consider as well but even still a 50 point anything in the men's hurdles you're very very good and even if you're like if you're a 50 point 400 meter open runner in high school you're pretty good you're probably the best when you're on your high school team you're probably the best in your league depending on the league that you're in like in general speak in america I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers, or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. 
There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and sociopolitical factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. So let me ask you a question. So I can say this easily, right? Clarissa Shields being the best woman boxer today could not beat Canelo Alvarez, the best male boxer. I don't think I'd she, be very surprised. Um, she can't. I don't think the best, you know, WNBA player probably can beat uh, Giannis one on one or Kevin Durant or LeBron. Would, would, would it, wouldn't make a team. Couldn't make the okay. league. Can Serena beat the best male tennis player? No chance. Okay. I, people, I think, even asked her that, and she was like, no. The, and, and she is even metrically, and I'm not trying to say this at all because, like, I'm just – the numbers I'm going to cite are largely serve speed, but a lot of the gap between her service speed – and other women's greats at the time, relative to male greats at the time, is the closest. You know, I mean, like Monica Sellis, Martina Hingis, Chris Everett. I mean, Chris Everett at the time would have been playing opposite probably Bjorn Borg. She wasn't serving anything remotely comparable to Bjorn Borg. Sure. At all. Well, you said, you're saying she is the closest to her male counterparts but it's still far at least in ball velocity yeah the the problem is i don't think that she's hitting from the baseline at the velocity and she can't cover the ground as athletic as she is and she's tall she's five nine five nine is really small compared to guys yeah yeah that's a good point so is it really a battle worth fighting like because I've, I've heard them you know bang the gong dog on on it and i'm like like, how do you make more money if you're not generating more money? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends. Is it a battle worth fight? It depends on what the goal is. You know, is the goal for if the if the goal is to get equal viewership from NBA to WNBA, then you need to figure out a way to make an equal number of people want to watch by hook or by crook. You know, it's not going to be basketball. We've already seen that it's not going to be basketball. That's not in the You playbook. don't think they can have the same story as Magic and Larry Bird have two competitors that they bring up from college and create this rivalry to have people tune in? 
I'm sure that there's a black guy and a white guy somewhere that are vying to be the best car salesman in their zip code, but nobody cares. I don't mean you can't market it to where you can sell more cars. You could sell some more cars, but you're not going to have the scale of popularity that Bird Magic had. I just genuinely think they don't support each other. Women in sport, they they don't support women in sports. Women don't support women in anything. They're walking around with a Sparks jersey. You ever seen a woman? It's people who don't play basketball that wear Lakers jerseys. It's guys who don't play basketball that wear Lakers jersey. But I've never seen a young girl wear a Sparks jersey. Like, why don't moms buy their daughters Sparks jerseys for Christmas? Because their kids want other things, probably. I I mean, you could buy your kid a Sparks jersey for Christmas. doesn't mean they're going to wear it. (laughs) So you just think the whole basketball thing is a wash? I don't think it's a wash. I think it's just more niche, you know? Sure. The percentage of like guys that are into sports is very, very high. The percentage of girls that are into sports is not so high. Would you say female tennis players are the most successful as far as all female athletes? Yeah, I think that I think that's true. Um, like celebrated. Like is there so, is there a female athlete more celebrated, you know, in America, period, than than uh, uh, Serena Williams? I don't think so. And, I, and, and even from a purse standpoint, I don't think so. Like, even women's golf never really got traction like that. Yeah, I, I don't think I really know any female golfers. That that does seem like a lot a of them were like, were like Korean and Japanese women. And I'm not going to, this is going to sound horrible. I can't decipher the one from the other. Yeah. Golfers, I can identify Japan and Korea as countries, but all these different golfers, they keep flying out here. I don't know who's who. Yeah. So in other mm. words, you're saying if you're a female athlete. Women's so- soccer did fairly decently, but I don't know if that's only because men's soccer in America just did so shitty. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the answer. Yes, I went to a sporting event. Uh, LA. Uh, shout out to the LAFC. Real great people over there. My boy, Watch Sticks, plug me. I don't like watching soccer on television, but soccer is the greatest sporting event live I've ever seen. I could see that. What's crazy is I cannot watch soccer on TV. It's the most lamest shit in the world to watch on television. I'm not into it. It's just shit happening and people going back and forth. I like watching it when the Spanish announcers, because they be so fired up, that shit be popping. And they be cracking, <laughs> but I've watched it and it was it was like it's the worst thing I've ever saw on TV. Like I would rather watch baseball on television than watch soccer. But I've been to a baseball game, football game, and a basketball game and a boxing match. The soccer thing is the greatest shit I've ever been to, period, of any live sporting event. Like it was fired up. They have a group at the LAFC, right? That's in the north side of the stadium, and they stand up and go crazy. The whole fucking time. That's impressive. It is I, like the greatest. Sh- and I just was there like, oh, this is unbelievable. I was like, I need to be a fan. So if you listen to this podcast and, and you got a soccer team in, in the professional soccer league in America, yo, go to their game. If you're in L.A. or if you in L.A. County or anywhere in Southern California, 
make sure you go check out the LAFC game. It is the greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And it was a regular game. It wasn't yeah. a it might have been a playoff game. I think it was a regular game. But, man, when I tell you this thing was live, this thing was live. Um, So, in other words, you're saying if you're a female athlete, if you're a female athlete, you should focus on tennis. <laughs> focus on what you're good at because that's the real answer. But, like, if you're trying to get a paycheck – yeah, female tennis is where the most money is. I I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine that there's another woman who's 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 pursed Serena Williams money in another sport. I can't. I can't even pretend to to guess at who that would be. And I don't really watch tennis. Is she really that good? Yeah, she's really that good. Um, not anymore. I mean, she's almost forty and a mother now. Sure. And I think she's about done. But in her prime, she was really that good. I think she also kind of had the Tiger Woods factor where she hit. And, and and Roger Federer had the same thing. Roger Federer had a huge surge period in his career where there wasn't anybody else that was good. She had a longer one. Like if you look at the – Like Larry Holmes. Exactly. They're, they're, like Larry Steffi Graf. Yes. Yeah. Like Steffi Graf, who would be the other comp for best of all time, had – all, like that was the gold, the golden era. She was with Martina Navratilova. It's like Nickel, it's like Jack Nicholas and um, Arnold Palmer. You know, I oh. mean, there was, yeah, Chris Everett was there. I mean, Sellis was was so world had, class. You had stars, kind of like Floyd, Floyd era of boxing, where you have De La Hoya, you got Pacquiao, like you got Cotto, yeah. you got the biggest names, like like the eighties, where you have Larry. I was it like Boyd. the yeah, or even like the 80s in boxing, you had Sugar Ray, you had Hearns, you had all these guys. Um, there was that, but what's funny, I mean, is, what's funny is nobody will give it credit, but the late 92,000 Floyd Mayweather era is better than Sugar Ray's era. And it sounds crazy, right? It sounds asinine, but if you look at how many Hall of Famers he was able to come across and fight, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was like crazy. Like to yeah, have access to that many other all-time great. You know, Hall of Fame is an all-time great boxer. I mean, so yeah. to come across the best of the best, you mean, I think Sugar Ray's time as a boxer, you know, he 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 did have, you know, the lighter guys, which was uh, obviously uh, No Mas. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Duran. Duran. And it was another guy when he first came in that was really dope, and he beat him for his first title. Uh, a lighter guy. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank because I know this shit like in my sleep. But those guys and then coming up, getting Sugar Ray, you know, Sugar Ray got Hearns. He's able to get Hagler. You know, he's able to get a couple guys in that run, but he did miss the Hawk and he did miss McCallum. Right. But if you look at if you look at um, Floyd's era, Floyd came out, you know, he had De La Hoya. He had Cotto. He had Marquez. He got Shane Mosley. He got Zab Judah. He He got Trinidad, Trinidad, right? No, he missed Trinidad. Trinidad was so I, I, big by that point. I couldn't remember. Loved, yeah, I, was like, I can't remember that fight happening. Got De La Hoya because De La Hoya had moved up to 160. So coming down to 154 for that last fight with Floyd, you know, before he fought Pacquiao and retired, having Pacquiao, you know, yeah. coexisting, in, and that's your point. You no, know, coexist. Floyd coexisting in the area of Pacquiao, excuse me, coexisting in the era where Pacquiao made it that much better. 
So you're saying, I see what you're saying. I'm not saying, and and look, another thing that's different in tennis evolution is like the rackets, the shoes, like shit, like, like Billie Jean King was using a wood racket for fuck's sake. Now they're using like some sort of graphite with lightweight. It weighs a half an ounce. The strings are loaded. The hit zones this big. You know, whereas before it was this big on a on a wood racket, it's a different deal. But Serena's a, a supreme. The only other athlete I could think of in that sport that was be comparable would be Steffi. Um, she was about five eight or so, a big strong German lady who could run all day long. But Serena was serving about a buck twenty, damn near. I mean, she was. Yeah, yeah. Good, I think. The, how good? How good was Venus? She was really good. She won some. She won multiple Grand Slams. She was probably the second best player of the era. Um, once Serena beat her, though, she like never looked back, and she had some health issues and injury issues and stuff like that. But she was very good. She's already retired, right? I believe so. Um. So, who is the best female professional track athlete? Like the greatest, the greatest in all the track and field. It's hard to say. Um, I think in reality, Flojo's world records have held for fucking ever. And the one and the two, they're like impenetrable. Anybody within earshot of the sport in that era knows she was drugged up beyond her, you know, beyond fucking imagination. Yeah. So, and there's a million reasons. We already know a lot of people's on drugs anyway, still to this day. Yeah, she never got popped. Like that, that whole that is weird. I mean, like, look at the the men's ones and twos. Like the, those things get broken. You know, the men's one has been broken a hundred times since that time. No one's even gotten very close, to be honest. I think this one girl, summer twenty twenty one, got pretty close. That's about it. Mm. And um, but. Yeah, she's probably it. I mean, maybe the most decorated you could say is Allison Felix. She has a, probably the most medals. I don't think she was ever that great. She just was really good for a long time. Shelly Ann Fraser Price from Jamaica probably is the best combination of the two. She was really, really good and won a lot. And it's crazy because I'm making you spew this information because people don't really realize how much you would pay attention to female. Sports and as somebody who people would think is misogynist or blah blah blah, you actually really pay attention to the whole layout because I don't know shit about nobody in female sports except nobody. The closest yeah. I know something about is Ann Wolf. I know a little bit about Lisa Leslie. I know a lot about Ann Wolf. I know a little bit about Lisa Leslie, and I know a fair amount about Christy Martin. And you know, like Cheryl Miller, you know. I don't really she, know about her aside. That's Reggie's sister that who? Yeah. She if the if the WNBA existed in the eighties, it might be a different story because of her. She was impossibly good. And and the league basketball, I think, was having a general growth curve still at that time. So if the WNBA started in nineteen eighty, mm. Cheryl might have carried it. So they still, still, it's still, it's still a new league. You saying 
the WNBA is a new league, but the the NBA it isn't new anymore. Basketball is not new to anybody anymore. No, I'm saying you're saying if they was a part of that growth in the 80s, they would have had a star to help as well. Yeah, I think it would have probably helped a lot, but who knows? How big is female volleyball? It's pretty big, especially female beach volleyball. volleyball. It's pretty big. I went to a little league or like a like a like a youth leagues volleyball game, and it was exciting too. It's funny. I come from like volleyball headquarters. Um, yeah, Newport Beach and all that is for sure volleyball headquarters. Culturally, it's probably not like that's like the Manhattan Beach to Santa Monica area. There's a lot of like shit there. But for women's volleyball, the second and third best players of all time went to my high school. Wow. One of actually shit for a while. One of them was on my track team and we did the high jump together and she could out jump me when I was young. Really? Very, really. April Ross could out high jump me when oh, she was in the 12th grade and I was in the 10th grade. To a man. For sure. Yeah. Hmm? Until you developed into a man. Yeah. And then I stopped doing the event, but at, at, at one point, yeah, I was able to out jump her, but she was she gone. But that's crazy. I think that I think they do mature. Yeah. They come, they, they may don't grow into the same type of athletes, but they mature fast. Whatever they're going to be able to do, they're going to do it young. Yeah, I think like sixth grade, maybe. Like me, uh, uh, an inner, an, an intersex track meet in the sixth grade might be extremely competitive. You might see some guys get their asses beat. I like that. I like that. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be kind of cool in sixth grade. That's actually, but I think that's what needs to happen. I think... I think they need to make all NBA and all WNBA teams and have them play all-star games. Like if, if men want to help market, cause I agree, like from a fan perspective, you have to doll them up. You know, you, you, it's going to be tough. Cause I wouldn't, you know, ice cube is going to shut down the big three. Cause everybody's just doing layups and shooting and shit. You know what I mean? Like he, like I think, yeah. you know, the big three is in trouble because they don't have the same athleticism that, comes in the NBA, you know what I mean? So it's rough to watch a league where it's a bunch of layups and jump shots yeah. and be super pumped up. I mean, unless you Steph Curry where you get a girl that's pulling up from half court, knocking shit down, going crazy, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's and I, don't, I think they need to, if if for, for you know, a, a ignorant fan, you know, I agree you have to cater to the to, to the desire of seeing a, a attractive, sexy type of woman, right? But I do think the WNBA, it'll be tight. Like if they have women, like if they have some women in the NBA shoot, like they need to make a co-ed all-star they game. try that shit. They do oh, that that two-ball bullshit. No one cares. It's a, no, that's no, like when ball. everyone goes to buy I mean, beer. Like a, like a WNBA, like imagine how, okay, we don't know who their stars are, right? We do. I kind of know who Candace Parker is, but I haven't seen a great highlight reel to make me want to watch. Like Metro put me on Steph Curry back in 2011 or 12, right? Or whatever, whichever it was. Might have been 13, but he was telling me about him. And I went mm-hmm. to go write YouTube his highlights. And I was like, yo, this dude is pulling up from anywhere. You know what I mean? When they told me yeah. about Kenneth Parker, I went to see her highlights and she just was doing regular baseline jump hooks and shit. And I'm like, I don't grade on a curve for women. Nobody really does. This is, this is you know, it's the honest truth. Like I don't yeah. grade on the curve for women, so 
I just think that like if maybe if they did the all-star games and made their all-star games co-ed when men are off in the offseason and, and the three-point contest have Steph Curry, like use your star power of the NBA. Maybe somebody wins the three-point contest over Steph Curry. You know, you, you can create a star that way. It's possible that could happen only in that, but 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 you can't have them play. You know, you can't throw like Candace Parker into the NBA All-Star game. Fuck. No, no, no. Not that way. The other way. Have them come to the WNBA All-Star game. What, like a what that like like it like an invasion like Omaha Beach? No, not <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying cuz if you did that you like I would watch that. Like I, I was joking on this other podcast when I said that if there was a trans NBA athlete, sure, I'd watch it. Like it, the WNBA lacks storylines. Absolutely. Like I've um, seen Brittany Griner play, right? And I'm like, like when she was in trouble, I looked at her highlights. I'm like, you know, I don't want to diss her. Like she's better than me, but shit, shit. Like I don't think she would be better than JaVale McGee. She wouldn't be better than I I have a hard time believing that she would that she could earn a division one men's scholarship. I just don't even see it happening. Mm. Like I'll be honest with you. I mean, like like a six four backup guard at Indiana would just truck her and dunk all over her and be two steps faster in both directions simultaneously. It's just not reasonable. Do you think uh, Cheryl used to be Reggie when they was younger? Yeah. Absolutely. Probably they, both, about, they, they both are very open about that. Yeah, probably until about 12th grade. Man, I don't know how, how late a bloomer Reggie was. Probably about 12th grade. 12th grade, he probably started lighting her ass up. Oh, it had to be, had to be sooner than that. But if God. it was that late, though, imagine getting whooped by your Oof. sister. Like Tim Gray, you trying to make the varsity team of your sister put major tips on you. I would be talking older, shit to right? Spike Lee, too. Yeah, she's a few years older. Yeah. I got to ask I Reggie. Sure, I've asked him when I get a chance. I get around him and ask him, like, to what age was you when Cheryl was just whooping your ass? They might have even talked about it on the because they had a 30 for 30 with him and she was on there and they were talking about that like a lot. So, but yeah, to ask him. I want to like tell me off the re- if he wants it off the record, leak it off the record. I'll keep it to myself, but I want to, yeah, he I'd like to know. 12th grade, she might have been whooping his ass in cotton. Nah, she wasn't whooping with red. Oh, was Reggie was fucking he's a lottery pick. He's six seven. He can shoot from down the street. Yeah. Yeah, he could. Fan. Shit. (laughs) So if there was Prime Serena, Prime Serena, Mm -hmm. who's the best male tennis player she could be? I wouldn't know his name. I wouldn't know his name. If you if he's that far down. Because her first serve, red hot gambling, is like a second serve for men. And her second serve, if she caught a line on the first serve, you got to be more conservative. It's going like 90. It's going 85. 
I mean, it's going to get just driven right past her on the on the return. So wait a minute. You're yeah. saying her serve speed on first serve is 120. At its peak. I think that's probably the fastest she was fastest capped out at around. Buck 50. Holy shite. I don't Roddick. I might watch Roddick do a buck 49. Oh, man. A whole nother. What's funny is I watched a movie about female baseball players called A League of Their Own, and I heard it was based off like almost real baseball. It is real. Yeah, they sent all the major league baseball players to war. Yeah, World War II, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know about female baseball. I never heard nothing else about it since. Nobody did. It became softball. And no one heard of that either. Mm. Softball's I, I, cool. Softball's cool. And softball, I think, does have fairly decent like viewership. College softball's somewhat popular. It, 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 you know what it is? It is. I've seen people watching it. But them yeah. pitchers be whirling up, boy. They look like a hurricane with them pitches. Yeah, seriously. I've never known the name of one, though. Yeah, I don't know one either. That's fucked up. So they're just not that good enough to where I have to know their name. And they probably come and go really quick. I don't think there's a pro women's softball league of note. So they just kind of go to college, get a degree, and get a job. You tell everybody they used to play softball. Yeah. Damn, man. But the like UFC I- keeps developing. You know, obviously they're not as big as their male stars outside of uh outside of uh, Ronda Rousey, but they do a good job developing their stars. But you're right, it's the league itself. They yeah, and, and they they do do a very good job of it. I mean, like, and it is, it is interesting, though, because, like, right now, I'm not exactly sure who the best UFC fighter in the world is right now today. You know, I can name a bunch of guys who've been good over the last decade, but I don't know who's the best today. It, it, it becomes... Like a UFC career is what, 15 fights? Maybe then they're about done. I don't see guys fighting 35, 38, 40 fights. Yeah, it's tough. And and maybe that helps them to some degree, the anonymity a little bit. Hmm. I'm just thinking, there ain't really much I could do, huh? You know my... I only have one idea. What is it? It's the wear less idea. <laughs> don't, don't don't make it cheesy, but you, you're gonna have to for the WNBA. They're gonna have to dress like volleyball and track athletes. So it's that'll help the viewership. It ain't gonna fix the complete problem. No, but it'll. But you don't think that would go against women trying to make progress, which is weird. But for the same concept of like, oh, you're just selling sex and that's going to turn young parents off and watching and letting their daughters watch it. Look, women are full of shit anyway. And you know it. And I know it. And they fucking know it. Sure. But women don't want to sell sex until guess what? It's time to get some money. Then they're fine selling sex. Good looking out for tuning in to the no sellers podcast. 
please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk, get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.